Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 23rd episode of Talk Local. Today, I'm joined by a complete special guest and a surprise that I'm fortunate to have him. Um, he's a singer-songwriter, um, and we actually uh, met last night uh, for the first time yes, at a final did. night. Yeah. Yeah, and so, uh, Robert Rolf Federson, thanks for joining. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Alan. Let's rock and roll. <laughs> Come on now. I think uh, the the craft beer scene is really cool because that's a way to kind of really be grounded um, from a regional side and local. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so it's a great community to be a part of. Well, uh, you know what I, I, I love about it a lot is that it makes, and what you're doing, it makes this area a destination, which is awesome. There's cool things going on here. There's great yep. beer here. There's great food here. There's live music here. You don't have to go to the big city to get all those things. You can come here and you have a plethora of great places to go to, to drink great beer, to hear music, to, you know, I mean, have great food. There's a lot of good stuff going on in Northwest Indiana that was not going on. This was a place to get out of, not stay. Now it's turning into a place to stay because people like you are doing something cool like this and you're showcasing it and bringing it to a lot of people. And that's what you need. You need people behind it saying, hey, we're right here in Crown Point, and we've got this going on and that going on and this, and uh, it, it attracts people to it, which is amazing. Well, awesome. I'm so glad you said that, too, because that's at least the perception we're trying to give. You know, And when we started this, it was really about um, the community, and I really was tired of the antiquated systems and how we were being perceived. I know we talked a little yeah. bit about it earlier, and it's like I, if I wanted to be the Times, I would just hire eight interns, and they would all just huddle around a police blotter and tell us all the crime that's going on. Because <laughs> right, that's sure, the only yeah. real stories I hear from them, you know? Yeah. And so when I was at Lakeshore, and it was another place where it was very antiquated television, and sure. every time I had an idea creatively, it got me, I was told 15 reasons why it couldn't happen, you know? Sure. And so this has really been built out of that repression. If yeah. that makes any well, sense. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As an uh, independent musician and a working musician, music's all I do. And to play music and just be a musician in Northwest Indiana is unheard of. Do you work at the mill? Or do you do this? Do you do that? Do you work somewhere else? No, I, I make a living solely off my music. And it's getting more and more where I don't have to travel as far to get gigs. Gigs are coming to us here in Northwest Indiana which is fantastic. This is our home. We love it here. We don't want to move anywhere. Uh, Jim Gaffigan has a great joke about, we're from Indiana and we're moving. <laughs> so uh, that's not the case anymore. Right. You know, from right. here to Indianapolis to Evansville, I mean, there's just so much stuff going on. And it's young people taking pride in where they live and making something happen where they live. Yeah. And that's the best. You don't have to move to New York City. You don't have to move to Los Angeles. You don't have to move to Nashville. Those are all wonderful cities, and a lot of people have careers from those cities, and it's great. It doesn't have to be that way. That rule book has changed, and uh, it's an amazing time to live in where you can be in your hometown and make something like this happen that so many people get exposed to. Sure, and, and that's the one 
saving grace of this world of, of the social media is that you can sure. build your own stuff off of it, right? You can be yes. a creator and innovator and have the avenue to do it. Before it was like you had to rely on everyone else's PR circles to get you any exposure. Everybody. Yeah, you had so to rely on a pigeon flying to a record label <laughs> to say, "Hey, listen to our demo." Yeah, yeah, and not like uh, like, like Game of Thrones, but not like the last season of Game of Thrones where it was like minutes, like it was like email pigeons, right? like yeah, like the early ones where it was like it took a season for a pigeon to get from place to place. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but we were talking a little bit off camera um, about the the beer community, and we saw, I met you yesterday at the Burnham Brewing in yeah. particular, and so. Um, one of the things that I'm finding fascinating is through a lot of the people that I'm talking to is how many people share your perspective of how cool this place is. And yes. you're right, there is like a real young movement of, I would say, somewhere between 27 to 40. That yeah. is really, they're, inter, they're entrepreneurial, they're small business minded, and it's incredible to see that kind of growth. And even in Crown Point alone, I can go, I could tour around the square right now and tell you all these businesses that are owned by sub 30 or under 35 year olds. Yeah. Which it's crazy. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I think uh, the model of, you know, I have an idea and I want to create my own business. I think more people are are using that and saying I can do it because I saw this person do it here or that person do it here I can do it too and it's nice to have that inclusion in this community as opposed to you know you, you can't get in this is this is exclusive and you can't get in it's, it's definitely an inclusive uh, environment with a lot of the younger people that are opening establishments like breweries yeah. and restaurants and food trucks and having live music venues I mean it's been it's been a, just a resurgence of holy moly! This is really cool where we're at. Yeah, we don't have to get out of Michigan City. We don't have to get out of Laporte. We don't have to get out of Crown Point. Um, it's this is a great place to live. I love Northwest Indiana, and I'm from Chicago. And uh, the perception was, you know, oh, you're in Indiana now. You know, you're gonna grow corn. I mean, you know, that kind of thing has truly over probably the past five years. I haven't heard that from anybody from Illinois. <laughs> nice. Like, like, hey, can you get me a gig over at Burnham? Or you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, can you come over there and uh, do a collab with sure. these guys? Uh, you know, it's been really a nice, again, inclusive thing going on here, which I just love. Well, you, I was, I was, I'm really excited to have you on too because one of the things that I'm really prideful of is that. It's like we're talking about the uniqueness of this area and its own identity. And I love that I live in an area with a musician who's recording with Steve Albini. Right? <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah. And, and like that, it seems like dreams, right? That like it, for a lot of people. Yeah, it, it definitely does. And, and hopefully, uh, one thing I do live uh, is I invite people on stage with me. A lot of my songs are simple by design to include people. Like if there's a musician that plays guitar or bass or something like that. Hey, come on up and play. The song is G, D, and C. Come on up and play. And then I'm the guy that can show them, hey, this is my album I recorded with Steve Albini. You can do it too. You can go make a record with yeah. Steve. Do your gigs, work your job, whatever you're doing, save a little bit of money, and you can also make a record with Steve Albini. I'm living proof of that. And uh, it's just like the beer community that I've learned from to include other musicians and not make it a competition, but something that, hey, I'm glad you're out there playing music too, because, you know, we're birds of a feather. We're not, you know, different and we're not in competition. We're both playing music and it makes this whole community a better place. Fascinating. So, I, this, uh, just randomly, 
how important do you think, um, or how much of a mission is it of yours to maintain that community musically and be a face of it? Huge. It's okay. a huge commitment for me, and uh, it's something that I've taken on because I treasure music, and I just I know what it takes to write a song in your bedroom, to record it, and then play it for people, and then get it out to people. It's a huge undertaking, and mm-hmm. anybody that I see doing that, I have a respect for because I know that process and how long it takes and how hard it is to be somebody out there playing music putting out your own records right so uh it's more of a uh situation of empathy than anything like oh here's a musician somebody i can talk to somebody that knows you know oh man i threw away 10 songs to get one good song and then i got another good song after throwing away another 10 and then i made a record and then i book gigs and i play and then i'm out there now it's It's a hustle it is it's a grind it's a hustle and yep. exactly it is a grind yeah uh, so people that are doing that like i am i truly respect and i want to also be a part of their world and have them be a part of my world so is there any like social groups or clubs that kind of has that reinforcement as an artist because you guys are artists and a lot of the times is um, when you're an artist a lot of people don't understand and no. it's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's hard to relate like when you tell somebody when you're growing up that you want to be a painter or you want to be a musician they have a hard time understanding what that means that's it yeah right go to a trade school Exactly. Go to college. You're going to a trade uh, school. You're going to do heating and air conditioning. Right. Yes, father. So, (laughs) so even by like you know going down that path and being independent and being creative, it is very. It's a it's a very isolated experience. And so having that support group and reinforcement, I joke all the time with like the vinyl guys in Crown Point. It's like I'm so glad they're there because it gives me a chance to go and be social and communal over music and learn about maybe artists albums i've never thought of hearing before for sure and absolutely so, and so is there any groups like that locally that kind of uh, corral that talent well i think there's a lot of artists throughout the chicagoland and northwest indiana community there's a band called nomad planets uh and i do a lot of shows with them they're fantastic uh i got to meet the fresh hop guys uh just a couple days ago and uh the lead singer had told me that i pulled him up on stage to sing a song that we end with called Old Thumper. And uh, he sang it with us and he enjoyed our show and uh, he said that I had influenced him to be a showman and an entertainer. And like, I, I, you know, you just have no idea how things that you do that are positive can affect people. And it's really nice to hear that because that happens to me too. I see other people and I'm like, wow, this artist is amazing. Uh, boy, and I've learned a lot from this artist and it influences you. So um, I try to spearhead some things here that haven't happened before. I do a, a show called Five Hardcore Troubadours and it's five singer-songwriters. And instead of singer-songwriters in the round, those I believe turn competitive, everyone gets a half hour. So five different singer-songwriters get to go up and uh, it's always at a brewery, Forefathers Brewing has put them on. Burnham Brewing has put them on. Wild Rose has put them on. Uh, a lot of different places in Northwest Indiana put those on uh, and, and hosted them while I can come in and just put together all the artists. And uh, it's been an amazing experience to have other singer-songwriters come up and just do what they do and play their music here awesome. in Northwest Indiana. And being the and acting as the connector is such a vital role. 
and and I think that's one of the things that we we really strive for here is that we really want to kind of get into the nonprofit side. So one of those things that we really, I mean, dogs, as you could tell, we have ours running yes. around here, our oh, mascot. Yeah. But yep. um, I mean, really, another one for us is mentorship, and we we really value it. And so to have someone like yourself who's experienced this, because like I don't think that maybe the listeners don't understand, like you were a part of a national touring band. Yeah, that yeah, that like we, literally, you're hearing your song on the radio. Yeah, yeah, we hit right. number six on Billboard with uh, the song "Fly," and then uh, we got up to number seventeen with uh, "No Heroes." And uh, yeah, we loudmouth my old band. We toured relentlessly with everybody. We played bowling alleys with Dokken and Great White <laughs> and Warrant, uh, and then we played arenas with uh, Megadeth and Godsmack and uh, you know Limp Biscuit, Kid Rock, all kinds of different bands that we got to play with. So I've experienced every end of the music business from the lowest bowling alley to the highest place, uh, you know, the, you know, that there is out there. So, well, how do you, so how do you transition from, I guess that kind of, I guess the walls kind of close into you with that kind of fame, right? With that level of it a little bit, because now people are trying to get after you and then to kind of reinvent yourself as a solo artist. How does that work out? You know, I just think uh, being an artist, you just create, and it's something that I've, I've never looked at music as I want to make it big and be a rock star. I, you know, I was fortunate enough to have like a high school band uh, stick it out and make it and, you know, get the record deal and the tours and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, we sold over 500,000 records, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't plan on that happening. So... Uh, to reinvent myself and and play music, I still look at it as I'm still making records and and making music. So for me, that's just something I've I've always done and I'm continuing to do. Um, every song I've ever written has been on an acoustic guitar. Awesome. So, so you, you you like put it down to its bare essentials. Yeah. You strip yeah. it down, and it's staying in that form now, as opposed to going to two Marshall stacks and an Ampeg like <laughs> you know bass stack and a huge Ludwig drum kit. It's staying in its an original form, and I get to play these songs with my wife Terry Ann, which is just awesome to play music with someone that you just truly love and are married to. And oh yeah. Uh, it's a great experience. So, um, you know, to the, the gist of what I'm saying is that I'm just continuing to make music. And that's just, you know, what I've wanted to do since I was a kid. And I enjoy it on any level. It doesn't have to be like, okay, now we're playing uh, the, the House of Blues in Chicago. Now we really got to bring it. It's the same at show every time. If we're playing Wild Rose, if we're playing Burnham, if we're playing Forefathers or 18th Street Brewery, uh, it's the same show as when we go and play like a bigger place in Chicago or something like that. Heck yeah. You know? um, so as a creator, we're talking a lot about your create, as your um, your level of creativity and your strengths inside that. And that's kind of what drives you. And it's not about fame or anything like that. It's really just about the, the art, right? Yeah. Do yeah. you have any ambitions inside the art form of like how you may want to market it or perceive it to kind of really invoke that vision of it? You know, um, I, I do, and I, I gotta say that um, you know, for me, I almost exclusively play at craft breweries, and I like to be the entertainment at a craft brewery. And uh, you know, as opposed to um, bars, um, wherever anyone hangs out is great. That's fine, but a lot of bars want cover tunes, so uh, a lot of breweries want you to do your own thing, which is great. So I want to continue to be a guy that plays 
craft breweries and have that become a thing for other musicians because uh, you can truly be yourself if you're playing your own music. There is definitely uh, pressure to play cover songs at bars and uh, play what people know. And I've actually been turned down uh, for gigs early on at bars because I don't play cover songs. Where breweries are like, we only want you to play your own stuff. We don't want you to play Freebird and you yeah. know, other stuff like that. Well, it's so. funny you say that because uh, I, since we've embarked on this, and Josh, our audio engineer, is big into music, and yeah. he was talking always about how good the local scene was, but as like an observer who really never attempted to kind of unveil that that you know curtain and see yeah. more that's the only real relationship i had with local bands was cover bands and so sure, i never sure. really cared about it because i never really enjoyed the songs they were covering and it was just like never th- so like to be able to kind of see bands like we had a rapper in two weeks ago big turk who was incredible okay um yeah. young guys just starting off um but like having you on is amazing and then um Asteria, like hearing their stuff was really cool and to see this kind of talent here and being able to unveil that is a really important thing well, it is. It's it's huge because I think everybody has their own voice, and uh, just to play, you know, when you're learning music, you know, or you're you're starting a brewery, you're gonna try and do a two-hearted ale, you know, when you're doing your own brewing, when you just start out, and when you're starting out at music, you're gonna learn Beatles songs or Leonard Skinner or different things like that. But I think as you develop, you know, everybody has their own unique voice, and you can do your own thing. It's just something that is definitely uh, in early stages here, but in Northwest Indiana, but it is happening, which is great. Awesome. And, and, and programs like this foster that community. And uh, it, it's, it's amazing to, to be here and have this forum to, you know, to let people know. Cool. Hey, there's original music out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's more than, uh, you know, macro lager. There's, you know. Well, I'm excited about this this friendship because now it's something that we can kind of move on and I would like to kind of, and not just because this interview ends, I'd love to kind of stay in touch and make sure that we can be doing everything we can to aid in that mission. Oh, I'm your neighbor, Alan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm right down 113th here. So right at the end where it ends, that's where I live. Should I let my wife so, know that you're going to be around a lot more? Let her know. <laughs> on Sunday. the door. You guys will be turning out the lights. I see you in there. <laughs> I need some beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I need. I need more beer drinking going on Have around me on here. the show again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to mention a little bit as an artist. I know it's hard because I'm sure your influences probably are uh, evolving daily. Um, yeah. But is there any kind of like pillars to to like uh, your music that you can kind of say that really inspire you? Uh, Steve Earle is one of my favorite singer songwriters, and uh, he's a big acoustic guy as well. And I got to meet him at City Winery, and uh, he follows me on Facebook. Nice, he follows me on Instagram. But you have twenty thousand likes on Facebook. That's I've incredible. Got, I've got some good likes on Facebook. I've been on Facebook a while, and uh, when I first got on Facebook, all my hard rock fans left. I got really? up to like 30,000 likes and then I got all kinds of messages. What are you doing? What are you playing this acoustic <laughs> stuff for? Are you Bob Dylan or Pete Seeger? I'm like, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, I am. I am. Yeah. So, you know, um, but yeah, social media has been great with uh, getting your music out there and your shows out there. Um, it's really a nice forum to say, hey, I'm playing this Friday at Blue Island Beer Company in uh, Blue Island, Illinois. It's nice to let people know through that kind of thing and have a network of people. Then I see all the Illinois people like the post and it's nice, you know, you can tell people may show up to your gig 
So heck yeah! Uh, I was going to ask you a couple of random questions here. Um, the uh, you talked a lot about the local places you like to play. When you were nationally touring, was there any rooms in particular that were pretty fun that you really uh, enjoyed playing? You know, I got to play the whiskey in L.A. And uh, growing up, I was a huge Doors fan, nice. and like that was the place where they really blossomed and got like their chops together and all that. So to play uh, the whiskey was amazing to me. Um, I also got to play CBGB. Uh, with Queens awesome. of the Stone Age and Stained, and Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl played. I played CBGB with Dave Grohl. He was in the opening band playing bass. Uh, a band called Verbena. Their bass player couldn't make the gig. He got sick or something happened. So Dave Grohl produced the Verbena album. So he came on a 12-date tour. It was Queens of the Stone Age, Stained, Loudmouth, and Verbena. And Dave Grohl was driving the van. Is lifting gear, doing everything everybody else is doing, and uh, that was amazing. So CBGB was a great oh place. Oh my gosh, that's iconic! To Two iconics right yeah, there. Unbelievable places to play, and then like every house of blues in this country is incredible. They really treat the artists great. Uh, Myrtle Beach House of Blues is one of my favorites too. That was just a nice place to play where you know they really treat you well. They feed you. You got. Uh, like two cases at the time was Heineken, which was unbelievable, and I think we finished them. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, a couple of those places were really nice. It's uh, you know, and then the hideout in Chicago is one of the best rooms in the city still to this day. I don't think so, I've seen a show there. Like, the hideout is. I great. gotta check it out. Everybody uh, from uh, nobodies to somebody's play there. Like Wilco plays there. Robbie mm. Folks has a residency there. He's a great uh, folk singer. Uh, Mavis Staples plays there. She has a throne <laughs> that they built for her there, and you can get your picture taken on Mavis Staples' throne at the hideout. That's awesome. That's, uh, it's pretty neat. So those are some iconic venues that uh, I absolutely love, and uh, I wish that uh, CBGB was still open, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I got lucky enough and blessed enough to, to go play there and uh, and watch Dave Grohl set up a <laughs> big bass amp and, uh, and slug it out on bass. That's incredible. What a, what a musician he is and what a, like, a character in that community is really impressive because um, to see where he came from, like I could I make the argument that his drumming really brought Nirvana to the, it's probably to the hemispheres, right? Like Absolutely. out of the world. Yeah, Bleach didn't do it. Uh, right, right. You know, Nevermind did it. And, and if you that's... really go back to those Nirvana songs, how, how present the drums is. Amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, and so just to kind of see that, and he's become kind of the beacon for rock and roll, I feel like. Definitely. Um, yeah. I, I as, a, as someone who really enjoyed his music from like the mid-90s on, I really loved Color and the Shape. I loved the Foo Fighters self-titled album. I even liked Nothing Left to Lose, probably one by one. Um, they got a real yeah. ACDC feel to me now. It's like most songs kind of have a similar sound. Yes. And i kind of yeah. grown out of it, but I still like hearing it, if that it's makes still, any sense. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, ACDC is a great reference for that. I mean, a lot of the songs sound similar, but it's that sound that you grow to love and it just gets embedded in your brain yeah you hear that and you get that feeling again like yeah Foo Fighters are turn it up oh, and yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. back there hey, run, run, not on the next one <laughs> <laughs> did you get a chance to do any of the festivals at that time because they've kind of blown up now yeah I did a lot of festivals that was a lot of the big arena gigs uh, having a, a hit song on the radio um, everybody wants you on their festival so i got to play like hornet stadium in sacramento 
with uh, Limp Biscuit, Kid Rock, Stained, um, all kinds of great bands, and uh, pretty much throughout the country, it was like basically the radio station that was the rock station would put together like five to ten bands, and then literally like forty thousand people would show up. So Noblesville, there was an arena out there that we played, and uh, we played with Fear Factory, and again Kid Rock was on that one, uh, Stained was on that one, and. Uh, Boom! They put together, you know, a number of bands and people come out. It's amazing I, I, to so do that kind of thing. I, I can only imagine playing in front of that level of, of people, and I mean, being that open and everything has got to be incredible. It's you know what? Uh, <clears throat> it, it's uh, truly it's an honor to do that kind of thing and to be in front of that many people. It's also exhausting. Sure, I felt like I just could not give enough. So, you know, when you're in front of that many people, you want to bring your A game and you want to get hands in the air and people cheering and all that kind of stuff. So, like, you're just throwing it out there. And for a guy like Dave Grohl, who is now, like, in his early 50s, uh, to be doing that at that level with that much energy, it just, it's inspiring. It is inspiring. I'm not that old yet, but that's inspiring (laughs) to see that happening. So, Did you have any moments of like the Chris Farley Saturday Night Live where you just like couldn't, like you had a little bit of a starstruck moment? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. There was, uh, I met Paul Stanley from Kiss on the street in New York. I was going to the same place that he was going to. It's a music shop in uh, New York. And uh, I turned the corner and he's coming across the street and then he turns the same way I am and we're walking together going to Manny's Music in New York <laughs> and I'm like hey dude like uh, I'm Bob from the band Loudmouth I'm a huge fan he goes oh man I'm Paul I go I, I know who you are <laughs> uh, so I'm going over to Manny's and he goes I'm going same place I'm picking up a guitar he had one of those Iceman Ibanez guitars that he was getting picked up from a place and uh, we just chatted a little bit and his drummer Eric Singer showed up too and uh I was floored to meet Paul Stanley uh, after, you know, seeing Kiss. Since I was a kid, I went and saw Kiss. I mean, not my favorite musical band, but live. Oh, it's got to be Show crazy. me a band that's going to beat Kiss live with the makeup and the pyrotechnics <laughs> and just, I mean, the big Kiss sign in the back, just... Uh, amazing moment well it's funny because like the the, you mentioned you bring up a good point is the difference between the studio bands and the live bands and i know i catch a lot of crap for being a pearl jam fan but it's really not about their studio stuff it's really about their live shows they're amazing yeah Yeah. and uh they're one of those bands too pearl jam where you know when you're hearing a pearl jam song there's a lot of bands out there that uh don't have identifiable singers and eddie vetter doesn't sound like anybody He's amazing. I love Pearl Jam. Awesome. We, we joke around how it's like they're the greatest cover band of all time. Well, I mean, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no doubt about it. It's like they no kill doubt. every song. Well, Stone Gossard signed Queens of the Stone Age uh, for their first album. He launched that band. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, he launched them. Yeah, the very first album, Quatza, um, was just uh, signed by Stone Gossard. It was printed on vinyl. I've got the original vinyl from that. And uh, Stone loved Josh Home. And uh, put out that record and, and pushed it. Wow. And uh, there's Queens of the Stone Age are still going strong today. But Stone was just like, this guy's great. You know, let's put out this record. And the first Queens album is born. And what a great band that is. Incredible. And now it makes sense because at PJ20, Queens opened up for him. Yeah, sure. So that makes sense. And I know the yep. Strokes are a big one for them, too. They've yeah. helped with them a lot, too. So that's crazy to think about. 
Um, I was going to mention a little bit too. Now that we're on kind of like the the, the national band side of things, yeah. You do a radio show. Um, we yeah. mentioned it on the green room, but I kind of wanted you to talk about that. It's called Left of Center, right? It's Left of Center. It's on WVLP one hundred three point one FM in Valparaiso. It's Valparaiso's only community radio station, and uh, every Wednesday from six o'clock to eight o'clock, I host Left of Center. Uh, I play all kinds of great artists that I get turned on to from various things, magazines or the internet or, or friends and that kind of stuff. But uh, I love putting on great music. Um, I've got the Wood Brothers on. Uh, actually, tonight, uh, Oliver and Chris Wood are going to be on. I'm just interviewing them. I do a format called Five Questions With dot, dot, dot. And so it's a different person uh, every time. I've awesome. Albini on the show, Steve Albini on the show. No uh, way. Yeah, Steve's been on the show. He was hilarious. <laughs> He is a hilarious guy. Um, a new guy, Craig Brown Band, they're on Third Man Records. They just opened for Jack White, uh, and they're touring with Jack White. I've had them on the show. I'm excited to see him at Lala. Yeah. Again, yeah. crazy respect for Jack White. He's amazing, yeah. amazing artist. Uh, and like the radio show just showcases different stuff that uh, people may or may not have heard of. Uh, and it's just something to turn people on to some great music and uh, just spread you know the any kind of knowledge I have about music or about a band and get it out to other people so they can get their records go to their concerts and uh, you know pick up a shirt whatever support that artist well, that's great because you just don't get that anymore you really don't and rate like especially like terrestrial radio or anything like that it's really just very playlist driven personalities out of it at this yeah. point you know yeah. except for I think you got some like legacy acts like Matt Pinfield up in Seattle um, yeah. doing it still but like you really just don't get the context and the stories yes absolutely. and that's just as important as the song in a lot of cases you know well, I think it turns you on to an artist like knowing them a little more and uh, hearing some stories about them uh, it, it always makes me like an artist more if it's somebody cool and like I get to hear their story because uh, again it takes so much from writing a song to getting it out to people uh, there's a, a mad respect for somebody who follows through with all of that and gets to the point where wow I got this record now I want to let all my friends know about this yeah. artist so yeah. it's uh, it's a great thing it's a gift to be able to do a radio show and play what you want to play heck so. yeah and that's like the dream for me were you a big uh, like playlist mixer? Like you were oh, a tape? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I had so many uh, cassette tapes oh, that yeah. I made my wife. I'm the like, mixtape oh. was a real art. That was a real art, yep. no doubt. I'd run from the Pixies into Radiohead <laughs> and just all kinds of stuff. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, that was the mixtape was awesome. And Spotify has gotten a little away from it, but you can still at least you know focus on the transitions a little bit. And that's kind of the fun part, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. How much do you do that with your radio show? Is it just pretty much organic? And how much do you prep for it? Um, you know, I prep maybe a half hour for the show. Um, cool. I write the questions that I have, the five questions for whatever artist is going to be on the show. And then I always have at least one or two new albums that I open up on the radio show. So I definitely prep for that. And then a lot of stuff is like just going through my catalog and saying, I played that last week. I played this a couple weeks ago. Just getting stuff that hasn't been on the show in a while. I just thumb through my records and CDs and uh, that kind of thing. So it's it's uh, the mediums that you play is all across the board from digital to vinyl to... Yeah, yeah. It's basically uh, vinyl and uh, CDs. I do bring my iPod once in a while because uh, my wife will always throw me a curveball and say, hey, do you have Pat Benatar? And I'm like... 
I don't have it on vinyl, but uh, I've got it on my iPod so, <laughs> because you made me download it. Yeah, so, yeah, yes, yeah. I do have Pat Benatar, and we're going to play Heartbreaker. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you don't get a lot of Pat Benatar requests. I'm sure there wasn't very many yesterday. No, no, yeah. there were none. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to open it up to these guys out here. I know there's a couple people wanted to ask questions um, because I, a lot of people love your, your sound and your music, and they respect you as a musician. Thank so. you. Um, Josh, is there anything you'd like to add there? Um, yeah, I think for me, the, the song Milkman, yeah. if you maybe talk about that story, like, so, like how did you write, uh, yeah, like what is that song about? So the Milkman song and the record came about when uh, Loudmouth broke up, I got my CDL. I was so used to moving and moving and moving, uh, I was driving my wife crazy, and she was like, you, you need to do something. I wasn't ready to start a band and to start pursuing music again right away. So I got a CDL, and the first gig I got was driving a milk truck. So um, I was going to schools and delivering to Portage and Valparaiso and Chesterton and doing that. Uh, the downside of that job was when school was out, you got like the worst routes ever. So um, I ended up in... Uh, in a pretty bad neighborhood and uh, I got held up I got held up at gunpoint in a milk truck nobody <laughs> robs the milkman but apparently <laughs> in some neighborhoods that happens and uh, once that happened I just I quit the job and I'm like you know I just I'm, I'm not gonna do this I started pursuing music full-on again and uh, but a record and a song came out of it called milkman and it was just basically the experience of driving a milk truck and uh, going to uh, all these different places early in the morning when nobody's out there. Um, and uh, there's a line in there, it could be worse. I'm not in a hearse in the song. And uh, that comes from the holdup. So, um, you know, art comes out of everything if, uh, if, if it's in you. So that was uh, from a uh, real experience. Uh, that I had doing that. That's really and, cool. And, uh, you, and you're going to be playing Milkman, right? I think that's what I we talked about. Definitely play Milkman. Okay, definitely. cool. Yeah, cool. Um, so I know we talked about uh, before this. Uh, if you wanted to play a couple uh, songs on air, would love to. Okay, cool. Because we're going to do the green room thing afterward, or like the uh, like tiny desk esque kind of thing right. afterward. The two one nine desk. The two one nine desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got to call something like the office or the studio or something because it's kind of it's different. Uh, your studio here is amazing. It's awesome. You have everything I love in here. You've got baseball. I'm a huge baseball fan. Oh, You've awesome. Books, big reader. You got vinyl yeah. over here. I mean, speakers, great art from local artists. This is an awesome studio. Cool. Usually I start these by asking people like what their expectations are and what their like experiences of like coming in here for the first time is and uh we just kind of dove into it. Um sure. so it's a little yeah. bit different. You jump into the water. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Jump yeah. in and do it. Figure it out as you go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we uh you know like I it's a little bit of everything that embodies me. You know, I was an English major. Um that's my biggest background. Okay. I was, I coached baseball for a long time, so it's Man. something I love doing and um music is like a part of my life. Yes. So it's like any kind of component of that is, and this like is all my head like thrown all thrown up all over the walls essentially. I love it. This is totally pro and just awesome. Cool. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you don't have your guitar with you. We've got to get you your guitar, right? Yeah, I've got my guitar. Cool. Right well, then we'll, here. we'll pause this and then we'll come back in. Okay. Sounds good. Cool. 
Okay, so uh, what are you going to play for us first here? I'm going to play a song about uh, Zach Blackwood's daughter, Pepper. Uh, Zach Blackwood is uh, one of the events guys uh, and one of the owners of uh, Burn and Brewing. And he had a, uh, a baby girl. Uh, and before that, he had Pepper. So Pepper <laughs> needed a little attention. And I wrote uh, a love song for uh, Pepper from, from Zach. So Pepper in his heart. Awesome. Can't wait to hear it. Well, he woke up one morning, he was craving him some spice So he drove to the grocery store to pick up something nice He was stealing habaneros from the produce part Now, old sack black one got a pepper in his heart Pepper in his heart, yeah, pepper in his heart Old sack black one got a pepper in his heart Pepper in his heart, yeah, pepper in his heart Zack Blackwood got a pepper in his heart. Hey! Well, he started sweating bad and he was sweating up the storm. So he took off all his clothes in the grocery store. The fire chief came with the hose that he got. But he couldn't save the flame from the pepper in his heart. No! Pepper in his heart, yeah, pepper in his heart. Old Zack Blackwood got a pepper in his heart. Blackwood got a pepper in his heart. Hey! Well, he woke up one morning, he was craving him some spice So he drove to the grocery store to pick up something nice He was stealing habaneros from the produce part Now, old Zack Blackwood got a pepper in his heart Well, he started sweating bad and he was sweating up a storm So he took off all his clothes in the grocery store The fire chief came with the hose that he got But he couldn't tame the flame from the pepper in his heart No! Pepper in his heart, yeah, pepper in his heart Old Zack Blackwood got a pepper in his heart. Pepper in his heart, yeah, pepper in his heart. Old Zack Blackwood got a pepper in his heart. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, get a round of Thank applause you. there. It's good. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks, man. And it's Just, great knowing Zack, too. That's hilarious. Right? Stealing habaneros at the store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you eat those habaneros and whoa! <laughs> That's awesome. The visuals of that song is incredible. He'd be smiling the entire time. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a, a love song for him and uh, and his daughter, Pepper. They're huge music fans. And uh, Zach is uh, just super instrumental in uh, making music a big part of uh, Burnham Brewing. They're all music fans, but like Zach puts together like the, uh, the acoustic vinyl night and uh, he implemented us doing vinyl night every Tuesday just to pound it in people's heads. Like this goes on <laughs> every Tuesday. The third Tuesday of every month, who cares? No one's keeping track of the third Tuesday. <laughs> so, you know, it's just like, let's just go. He goes, do you want to go every week, man? And I'm like, Looks, as long as I'm not playing a gig, 
I can commit to every Tuesday. So and you know and they pay me nice for it too and it's you know, oh that's it's, nice I mean, which is great so um you know uh, it, it's just really a good thing so like I love that guy he's just a great guy huge music fan and, yeah it seems uh, like every time I've met him he's been awesome and we're looking forward to like we we interviewed him yesterday uh, we interviewed Steve yesterday we'll be doing a video okay. for Burnham soon okay um, but love those guys um, every and they're such a it's such a communal family there no doubt. of everybody who's involved and it's great to like every time we get in there to have a conversation. Well, the next song too is uh, Stephen Blake, and uh, Stephen Blake are uh, two of my heroes. Those guys have a story, and uh, more Burnham and, guys. So Steve is the yeah, and Stephen Blake are twins, mm-hmm. twin brothers, and um, and Steve's a brewer, and Steve's then a brewer, Blake's, Blake's a chef. chef. Yes. Yeah, and they, yeah, and you, they, they, you do like a band with them too, right? Beer hippies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beer yeah. hippies with Steve Blake and Howie from uh, Burnham. Cool. And, uh, a lot of fun. Great little rock and roll band that we got going. So awesome. It's, it's, it's some fun. And so, what's this song about? This is Stephen Blake. This is a story of their lives and uh, what happened to them and the people that they've become and what they've created. Um, you know, I, I've uh, there's not a lot of heroes out there today. And, um, you know, people that go through something that I don't think I could survive, uh, those are my heroes. And Steve and Blake are two of my heroes. So um, cool. I'll try not to break up in this, but this is uh, Steve and Blake. It's going to be on my new album, Moonlight and Duneland, that I'm recording with uh, Steve Albini. Awesome. So here we go. At first they lost their mother. And soon after they lost dad. It was cancer and a car crash It was everything they had Twin boys and a sister What the hell do we do now? Clench your fist and drink a bottle your teeth and wonder how how do you pick up pieces try not to fall try not to break they say the universe has reasons creating souls like Stephen Blake of course the boys got into trouble Kelly and John straightened them out With two angels up above them Helping the boys figure it out They started working in a brewery Then they struck out on their own Started a place called Burnham Brewing A place where everybody's home How do you pick up pieces? Try not to fall, try not to break They say the universe has reasons Creating souls like Stephen Blake Try not to fall, try not to break They say the universe has 
his reasons Creating souls like Stephen Blake Man, beautiful. Jeez, dude, that got me almost. That almost wow. got me. Almost got me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, that's powerful. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was uh, that was a song that I I had to play a thousand times to be able to play it live because um, every time my wife and I would just <laughs> we just start breaking up. But like that's their story, and like the people that they've become, um, they're just you'd never know that they had uh, that kind of tragedy. In their lives because uh, they're just the sweetest guys on earth that you meet and they're warm and inviting and welcoming and creative and fun and uh, they treat everybody with just a great amount of respect and uh, and love it's just awesome so so all right that's a that's that's a heavy heavy, man um so when you write a song like that i mean it's clearly you're talking you're writing about everyday life and reality yeah, and, and is that like yeah. a common trend for a lot of your songs? Definitely. If um, if something affects me, I write about it. If something doesn't, or I don't know about something, like I don't have songs about like fast cars and stuff like that. Like you know, I got a GTO and it's really fast. And I mean, I don't know, I don't know that world, so I can't really write about it. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that if I go and experience something, um, I like to write about it. Um, I've got a song uh, about Black Oak, Indiana, and uh, nice. it's uh, a short little ditty about that town and uh, some friends that I know that uh, used to live there and are definitely characters. Uh, <laughs> I read about, uh, there's a town called Cairo, Illinois. It's the, at the southernmost uh, tip of Illinois. It's at the confluence of the Ohio and Mississippi River, and it meets right there. And uh, it's just this amazing little ghost town that... Uh, you know, uh, nobody's like really there anymore, and you'd think it would be a thriving town because it's like right on the river and all that. But uh, you know, I went there and it affected me, so then I, you know, wrote a song about it. Awesome, man! Yeah. It's a great so. to hear those, those stories of inspiration of creativity. It's incredible. It's, yeah, it's 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 nice to write about something that I feel as opposed to trying to sell something um, that you know I shouldn't be selling. Sure, sure. I'm not buying it. Shouldn't be selling. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would like to formally thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you. It for was a, truly me. a pleasure having you. We appreciate that. Thank you, Alan. Yeah, and so anytime you're welcome, let us know. Sounds good. I'll be knocking on your door. Cool. And well, and if you ever need us to use your songs or whatever for videos or whatever, we'll we'll be more than happy to do that. Thank you. And full permission for that. And I would love for you to use my songs. Cool. Cool. Thank you. I'll go down that wormhole and start listening to everything you've done. Okay. <laughs> Appreciate that. It'll be me and you in the shower. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. You know, I know we're married. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, where can everybody find you at? Uh, you can find me at www.robertralphfetterson.com. And it's Robert with R O L F E Federson, F E D D E R S E N, Robert Rolf Federson.com. And uh, you can see shows uh, where I'm playing. You can pick up uh, LPs, uh, t shirts, all that kind of stuff. Uh, everything Robert Rolf Federson is there at the website. Cool. But I can't wait to get one of those t shirts. I'm going to rock the shit out of that thing. Awesome. <laughs> getting it now. <laughs> right. Well, thanks again for coming in, and uh, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll, again, if you're listening to this, it's on Friday. Um, I believe next week we have Lisa Doherty, the CEO of Lake Erie United Way, coming on. Um, so look forward to that. And again, thank you so much, Bob, for coming in. Appreciate thanks, it. Al, my pleasure. Talk to you soon.